0: This is a beginning point. This is the beginning of the rest of my life. I got the meaning, and I got to write it down, because I don't want to forget it.
1: Just win, baby.
0: Alright and welcome back to the Gold Jacket Podcast as always with me your host Gymnastic and uh, with me as always is uh, my co-host Connor. Connor how are you doing buddy?
1: I'm doing good man. I, I actually got out for my first round of golf this morning so that was that was pretty awesome. I had a blast. So happy that we're starting to get some some summer weather.
0: Oh nice
1: man. A little
0: uh, Tom Brady Peyton Manning style there. <laughs>
1: Except minus um, the rain. It was it was pretty nice over here. It wasn't pouring rain on us.
0: For sure. Uh, this week we're we're going to be diving back into our division breakdowns and we're covering the NFC West and uh, we got a special guest with us this week. Uh, pretty excited about it. Guest with us this week is uh, Mike. And Mike, want to say hi to everybody. And tell them where they can find you.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks for having me on tonight, guys. Really excited to uh, jump on here and chat a little bit, uh, a little bit about the NFC West and a little bit about Pro Dynasty League. So. Uh yeah, new new kind of concept that I've got started up here in the past month. Uh, it's going to be a Dynasty League free to free to play. We're uh, bringing on a lot of sponsors and some prizes, uh, going to be some prizes for everyone to be won. So really excited to uh, get that going, chat a little bit about that at the start here, and then dive into the NFC West.
0: I saw that starting up with the Pro Dynasty, the exact thing sounds wild. How many teams is that?
2: Yeah, so 144 teams, uh, six leagues, so it's gonna be six 24 team leagues.
1: Jeez, 24
2: teams. Double, double copy though, right? So they're essentially <laughs> working as as 12 team leagues. Uh, so so two player copies, but uh, yeah, 20 24 people in
0: each league. That is crazy. How do how do you get into one of those leagues?
2: Yeah, so so as far as uh, as getting in, you've uh, you've got to jump on Twitter and give us a follow at Pro Dino League. So that's P R O D Y N O L E A uh, G U E. Unfortunately, Pro Dynasty League was 16 characters, and Twitter uh, only allows 15 characters for their handles. So I was a little disappointed with that. Um, but yeah, if you get on there and give a follow to pro dino league, uh, we do an entry contest every, every day, uh, where we give an entry away and basically you just have to retweet or, uh, or tag someone or something. It's different every day. So check back, uh, usually drop sometime, uh, sometime around eight o'clock Eastern time uh, in the morning and announce a winner in the evening. And then here and there we've got a bunch of extra kind of giveaways that we do, such as uh, what we're going to do on the show today. We're going to give an entry away to the listeners of the gold jacket uh, quarterback podcast here. Um, So I think you guys are going to give away a code word later on that can be DM'd over to you guys and we'll give a, give another entry away to one of the winners.
0: Yeah, for sure. That sounds very exciting. And I am, Pumped, trying to get in myself. <laughs> um, keep keep
2: uh, retweeting, and you never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Connor, sure. you, you're in. Are you not?
1: Yes, I am, in so I'm Excellent. pretty pumped. I get, I'm in there. I, I get to, I get to enjoy it. So, but, but keep trying, Jim. Keep trying. That, that's what hey. it's all about. Oh, I'll get in. Don't worry. I'll, I'll make it <laughs> one <wonderful. laughs>
0: I'll join 45 leagues if it kills me. <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into the nfc west uh just to remind the viewers or sorry the listeners um the scoring system is like golf uh you want you want the lower score don't want any fours uh yeah you want those holes in ones so with that let's uh let's jump jump into the most exciting position in fantasy football with uh with the running backs in the nfc west connor how you got them ranked buddy
1: Oh, number one for me, and this one might actually come kind of surprising is is Seattle. Um, I'm a big fan. I'm a big Chris Carson fan, and I know that a lot of people are reacting to the Carlos Hyde sign and like, oh no, what are we, what are we gonna do? Well, what's gonna happen with Chris Carson and stuff? I think this is all more of a reaction to the fact that that Penny is not gonna be ready to start the season. Um so Carlos Hyde I actually think that this is a hugely beneficial move for Chris Carson because Chris Carson I know that there's all people will go on about his injuries and stuff I don't actually think I think the injury history is actually kind of blown out of proportion I don't think it's actually as bad as people give it to be he's actually only missed three games in the last two seasons before a major injury that happened there uh in 2017 that kept him out for 12 weeks But uh, Chris Carson ended up being the running back 10 last year and Carlos Hyde ended up being the running back 26. So it's actually a really, I think it's going to be a really good combination with those two. Um, Carson has a great opportunity now without Penny involved because Penny was someone who was riding on Chris Carson's back and and Carson always had to look over his shoulder. With Carlos Hyde, it's not that way. With Carlos Hyde, I actually think Hyde's going to take a lot of the early workload off of Carson, which will actually help keep Carson healthier and keep him more focused in on second, third downs, and in the passing game. Um, because Cur- Chris Carson, to, to not get beat down and to not take the beating on the early down work, will probably be huge because this guy is turning 26 here in a couple months. So that type of opportunity to have that heavier workload taken off and being able to focus on other parts of his game is pro is gonna be really good for Carson. Carson was not they so the uh, the Seahawks were the number three Russian team uh, last season in run plays per game. And Chris Carson was number five in carries, number five in rushing yards, number 10 in touchdowns. And he also stood out in some some deeper categories as like he was number six in evaded tackles and number four in yards created. So Chris Carson, I think, is kind of like a kind of a disrespected, underrated type of, of RB1 um, that, that people kind of just see the injuries or they see Penny or they see Hyde now and they just think that, and his age and stuff and they just think oh Chris Carson he he's he's not worth the pick he he may not be worth necessarily the pick that he's being picked at right now but he now that Carlos Hyde's in town and his ADP should drop a little bit he may actually be worth the pick that he's now going to drop too with Carlos Hyde in town um the Seahawks also had one of the worst blocking efficiencies when Chris Carson was on the field. They ranked number 42. Um, and Carson's targets nearly doubled from 2018 to 2019. And he's got back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, 1,000-yard and nine touchdown seasons. So I think he's he's being kind of underrated and disrespected in a division that doesn't necessarily have overly great running backs in my opinion and i mean so so for me i gotta definitely put seattle at number one because i don't see any running back truly competing with chris carson and getting that type of work and getting that type of of growth in from 2018 to 2019 um i don't know as a seattle fan i don't know if you have any comments to add to that mike (sighs) Yeah. I mean,
2: I, I like Chris Carson as much as the next guy, um, and, and more from a personal standpoint as being a Seahawks fan. Um, I have the Seahawks as my number three rated team here, as far as, uh, the running backs are concerned. And, and kind of the reason for that is just, I mean, I, I watch every Seahawks game from start to finish. Um, I just don't trust what Pete Carroll is going to do and, and maybe more from a dynasty perspective. um, but I, I never know, you know, with Penny coming on later last year, you saw a little bit of that. He was getting more involved. Now they bring Hyde in, and I agree with you. That's probably more to replace um, to replace him than it is to, to replace Hi- uh, Penny, sorry, than it is to replace Harson. But uh, I think he's going to be involved, and, and Penny's eventually going to get healthy. And um, what are they going to do with that? I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Um, the fact that Carson undrafted, they haven't invested a lot into him. I don't see them investing a lot into him later on with Brandon DJ Dallas. I'm, I'm just a little unsure there. And I never trust Seattle with their running back yet P. Carroll's always compete. And if someone comes in and does something, I, I can see them handing the job uh, somewhere else.
1: I guess the good thing there is that they do rush a ton. I mean, when I was looking at the stats and I saw them as a number three Russian team, I was kind of surprised. But then you take into account that Russell Wilson also runs the ball a significant amount as that uh, mobile outside of the pocket quarterback who always seems to be under pressure. So, I mean, for me, I think if, if that workload's always there from a Russian team perspective, it, it, things could get interesting in, in Seattle. I mean, you can never have too many running backs. So it's just a matter of which running back in in, in fantasy football do you want to pick, do you think is the one to have on the roster? Um for me, number two, I took the Arizona Cardinals. Um, for me, I'm not 100% sold on on Kenyon Drake. I know that there's some people who are who are pretty sold on him and this emergence, but Kenyon Drake is 26 and 20, almost 26 and a half years old, and he emerged for half a season, and he's got a one year tag. And like, look at the Derrick Henry situation. He's got a one year tag. Look at Todd Gurley. He's got that one year contract. This is like the future of running backs who are getting older and I'm just not sold on Kenyon Drake. My advice is go get chase Edmonds or, you know, Benjamin on the complete dirt cheap ADP that they're on right now. Don't, spend that yes. adp on Kenyon drake at all it's just not there i don't think i mean everybody knows or i mean most people know that about 27 years old is a selling age on a running back in in fantasy and Kenyon drake is there that's why he's got that one year tag where arizona wants him to prove it they're going to run the living hell out of him and then they're going to probably move on from him next season and who's going to be waiting there Well, Chase Edmonds and Nino Benjamin are going to be waiting there for the job. And this is an air raid offense, a hundred percent air raid offense. So you got to be able to catch that ball out of the backfield. And they're not going to run the ball that much. They rank 19th in Russian. And they're moving more and more towards a passing offense, especially with the acquisition of DeAndre Hopkins. So, my personal belief is don't spend the ADP on Kenyon Drake. Go out and get Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is like 20, I think he's 24 years old, 23 years old. And Eno Benjamin just drafted this year. And after that, that's it. That's the three running backs there are. So, why don't you go and get Edmonds and Benjamin really cheap instead of wasting that? High high value pick on a Kenyan Drake in an offense that just is never going to be run first, never going to really focus on that as as a measure of on their offense. Um, number three for me is San Francisco, and I put the uh, I put a couple emojis. I put like the drunk guy emoji and then the the mind blown yeah. emoji because this Russian attack is literally the reason that running back fantasy owners fear the word running back by committee. This is the, the truest running back by committee mess you can have. And it, it was painful to put them at number three, but number four is even more dysfunctional. I think from a running back committee perspective, um, Mostert was running back 26 Coleman, RB 39, Matt Breida, RB 46. There's nothing there to say Go own these people. The worst part about it, they were number two in run plays per game. But who should you own? Who's going to emerge that one game? That's the issue that I have with the San Francisco running offense is you just don't know who is going to be the lead that game. And, I mean, it kind of helps with uh, – I think it was Matt Breida is on is on the move to Miami. Um, so, I mean, that kind of helps. But then you got Jeff Wilson starting to emerge – and then you have this uh, undrafted free agent that they also signed and they're bringing up. Um, so, I mean, it there, there's always like four running backs or so. And then there's uh, the Jarek McKinnon still kind of there and you just don't know what's going to happen with him. There's always like four, five, six running backs on this team and they always keep at least four five running backs on the roster so it really makes it a running back by committee mess that i really don't want to have any part of in in fantasy and finally i have the la rams at number four and i know that this could this is likely going to disappoint a lot of people because there's a lot of people who love henderson and love acres but i just think this this could be a very dysfunctional running back by committee, and, and again, it has the the potential to be a lot like San Francisco because they don't know what they want to do. The team loves Henderson. Fantasy players love Acres, and are buying Acres. Malcolm Brown is there, and will have some sort of role. And then there's Kelly, who's also there, and will likely have some sort of role. But at the end of the day, for me, my bottom. But belief of this, none of them are Todd Gurley and none of them are going to be Todd Gurley or replace Todd Gurley. So if you're buying into them hoping that you're going to get Todd Gurley production, it's just not going to happen. I just don't see it. This is a pass first offense too. this division is all basically except for the Seattle Seahawks are basically pass first. And so for me, I just can't get into any of the L.A. Rams unless it's unless they're catching a ball from Jared Goff. I just can't get in behind this, these running backs until I really see what happens. And I mean, I guess that's part of the point in fantasy is that you try and take that risk and you try and find that next big player, that next big target. And but I just don't know if when you have three or four names being flung around that that's the type of a running back or backfield that you want to be investing in they ranked 19th in run plays per game last season so obviously they don't run a ton the reason that they look so good as a running team is because Todd Gurley is a production premium type of player who really does an incredible job when he's running the ball and he gets a ton of touchdowns I just don't necessarily believe that that's going to happen I know Akers has the potential because that big body guy who's like girl who's like girl who Gurley, who can be physical, can really pound the ball, and might be very helpful in the red zone for them, and a and a weapon for them in the red zone. But I just don't know if I'm willing to take the buy-in risk on the, these guys. um There is a a large workload being vacated by Gurley for someone to take or for some ones to take. Um, but I'm just not prepared to buy into significant fantasy relevance yet until I see some things happen. So those are my. Uh, Top uh, my one two three four at the running back position. Perfect. Okay, yeah, I'll,
2: I'll be a little short and sweet here. Um, I I did have uh, Arizona at number one, and
1: maybe I'm higher.
2: Uh, I'm I'm drinking the Drake Kool Aid. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, I, I like what he did last year. Uh, and if, if uh, I'm going just for 2020, so if I'm playing redraft or I've got a win now uh, a competing team in dynasty, I'm all over Kenyon Drake's so I, I think he's gonna see the production this year uh, long term like you said being sitting on the franchise tag and not quite knowing what's going to go on there with uh, with Edmonds. And Benjamin sitting behind him, I, I do agree that long-term um, things could look a little different. But for, for 2020, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, of what I saw from Kenyon Drake. And, I mean, he, he uh, almost single-handedly beat my Seahawks in Seattle in Week 16 to, to take away the chance at us winning the NFC West last year. So I, I kind of saw that firsthand. Um, number two here, I have the LA Rams. Um I there someone's going to get the ball. Now if you can figure out who it's going to be, is that going to be Akers, is that going to be Henderson? I'm not 100% certain. Um but Sean McVay is going to dial something up. They they they're going to fix that O-line. Their O-line was terrible last year and I think they're going to start to write that ship. Um you you've got to, you know, if if you're playing dynasty, I'd be, I'd be trying to hammer both of those guys. Personally, I'm kind of avoiding the situation myself and it's kind of the way the NFC West seems as a whole for running backs just a lot of players that you don't really know which ones you want, um, but, uh, but I like what I saw from makers and I think if they can get their line fixed, I think <laughs> they're going to look good on that uh, on that sense. Uh, number three, I had the Niners. Um, I like what I saw from uh, Moster and I think this is another situation, just there's a lot of mouths to feed, so which one is it that you want? Um, but being what I saw for Mostert I, I liked uh, I liked that and I think um, I think Kyle Shanahan's just a great coach and he's going to find a way to scheme someone up uh, then then you know who, who's it going to be I don't think we're 100% certain but again that's kind of the way it seems for uh, three out of these four teams here and at the bottom I, I've got my Seahawks um, I just don't know what it's going to be I don't know if it's going to be Carson I know they liked Penny um, when he started coming on towards the end I mean obviously some Suffered a, a brutal injury. I think he just kind of tore everything you can you can tear in your knee, um, and he's definitely going to start the season on uh, on the puck list. I would imagine that's that's what we're seeing with Hyde. But I I just don't know what's going on there. And truth be told, I, I can toss this up between the Rams, Niners, and Seahawks and put them in any order two to four. Um, I but but I do have Arizona clearly in uh, in the ones box. I think Drake's just gonna. I don't think uh, I don't think Benjamin and um and are good enough to to eat into what he's going to do this year at least
0: for me uh I have Arizona number 1 and it's not it's not on the back of Kenyon Drake it's actually on the back of Chase Edmonds and how cheap you can get him for dynasty purposes i mean that's fair everywhere in this uh, division seems to be absolutely horrendous when it comes to the running back so for me in this division i'm I'm actually planting my flag firmly on chase edmonds from a dynasty perspective because i think uh next year he's going to cost a lot more two three four like you said mike you could literally uh throw those teams up in the air and however they land i'd be fine with it Uh, yeah you can't argue anything two to four carlos Hyde, i'm really upset about because it's crushed on my dj dallas shares that i was grabbing late because he's sneaky good he's coming off a 1000 yard season i would say i would well, rank the nice, seattle the nice thing too. With
2: Seattle, i mean long term that's uh you know that's what i was saying i don't see them investing into carson they got him as an undrafted free agent i don't think he gets a second contract from him. um carlos hyde's not the long-term guy and penny you know he, he flashed but I, I like dallas as well so i i think uh I think you've lost out for this year for sure. But going forward, I mean, all Pete Carroll needs to see is see a guy come in like a Chris Carson and uh, just take that job. And I, I could see Dallas doing that uh, after in 2021.
1: Yeah, I think for okay. the people who did invest in DJ Dallas, I like I tweeted the other night about it that when the Carlos Hyde signing and happened to stash him on the taxi squad because like you guys are saying about Pete Carroll, you just never know. And it doesn't seem like there is a long-term answer there pennies and the penny and the injury concerns Carson and his age and his contract coming to an end Carlos Hyde being a one-year short-term deal I mean I'd be looking to DJ Dallas as a really good really safe taxi squad stash that you will likely be able to bring up after this year or after next year and you'll be able to reap the benefits of of drafting him and sticking with him instead of overreacting to the Carlos Hyde sign and
2: absolutely and i think players know that coming into seattle too it's I, I you know it doesn't matter if i'm a fifth sixth seventh round pick or undrafted if i come in and perform they've shown time after time that uh that someone can come in off the street essentially and take the job of a second or third rounder uh, it, it's happened it's happened before i mean doug baldwin came in there and and had an awesome six seven year career off the street and uh, players just know that they can come in undrafted or, or late round and, and make something of themselves.
0: Well, even uh, Russell Wilson's a prime example of it, right? Like draft capital doesn't matter to them. Like they brought, they signed. Who was it? Matt, Matt Flynn. Sanders. Yeah. Matt yeah. Flynn. Oh. Flynn sanity. I was all ready to go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they got, I, that's the wrong reason I was grabbing DJ Dallas everywhere is, he landed in the only opportunity that I ever saw in the NFL that just gives the middle finger to draft capital. They don't care. It's it's all um, it's all talent talent based. Always compete. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very much like he's still running USC almost. But uh,
2: Absolutely.
0: anyway, like I said, for me, uh, Chase Edmonds, he's a flag planter for me in this division. Uh, and then, like I said, two, three, four—you could put them in any way. But for ranking sake, I would say Seattle, and then uh, the Rams, just because Acres has done such a such a good job with a uh, the second worst all time college football line, and now he, he's going to a uh, pretty bad offensive line in the Rams, but he's produced. He's already shown to be produced in bad situations. Uh, so, and then. Then San Francisco would be my number four. And the, again, the only re, another reason why I have Seattle ranked so high is out of those dart tossing backfields that I just named and we've all named. Uh, one thing stands abundant about Seattle, and it's Russell Wilson. I'll take the mm-hmm. most competent quarterback if I want to be throwing darts in the backfield, because right. a competent quarterback's going to release a lot of pressure, man, and, and open up a lot of lanes for even a less talented running back to to perform. Step right in. So yeah, that's why I think Seattle teams are a little Russell. more
2: concerned with Russell Wilson than they are uh, Jared Goff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean
1: just so, look uh, at like look at the the yards that Chris Carson put up. You did definitely can point in the direction of Russell Wilson for the reason why he ranks so highly in yards created because it's just that idea that Russell Wilson could pull an RPO and just pull the ball and run with it himself or peel out left or right and chuck a bomb downfield you just never know so i mean that that's 100 percent true and that's a the big reason for a lot of my rankings going forward And it it's a lot of the faith in what quarterback where do you want to plant your flag with what quarterback do you want to plant that flag for the future in this division
0: for sure yeah uh, I, I agree with that so uh, with that, let's let's keep let's keep this train rolling with uh with some tight end rankings and uh, Mike we'll let you take the lead with that how do you how you have your tight ends ranked
2: sounds good yeah I mean uh, what a hot division for tight ends everyone should be pretty fired up about this uh, I think there's a I think there's one guy and he's probably uh, he's he's either your tight end one or tight end two in any format um, but San Fran's at the top with George Kittle. Uh, that, that guy's a monster. Uh, we all we all saw what he's been doing for a couple of years now. So un, undisputed, there number one. I mean, I don't think we're ever gonna forget that play at the end of the uh, San Fran New Orleans game there later in the season when he basically single-handedly won it with a 40 yard catch and run. Um, so so pretty easily, uh, San Fran number one for me. uh Number two, I'm going Seattle. Uh, this, this division's you know questionable at tight end. I, I thought about the Rams with Higbee. Um but uh, I think Disley and uh, and with Olson there, I think Olson's gonna be good this year, but Disley showed a lot. The guy just I mean, two brutal injuries that is absolutely terrible luck um for for a guy who showed so much. So I like the short-term possibilities with Olson, but I also like long term with Disley because I know the team loves him. Um I know Russell Wilson had great rapport with them. Uh, you know, they, they were always talking about it. Um, so I've got Seattle as my number two. Uh, that puts the Rams at number three
1: with Higby. And uh, they had another guy
2: there. As, who, who was the other tight end who everyone was kind of on?
1: Gerald Everett. Yeah, that, that's right. So,
2: I, I you know, I, I still like Gerald Everett, but Higby seems to be the guy they're going forward with. Um, seems like a pretty talented player. And I mean, the Rams kind of fall into third here in default, because, I mean, I, w- I was going to say, who, who is the Cardinals' tight end? Do they have one?
1: Oh god, I, 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 I actually, I actually had to look them up. It's there's Dan Arnold, Max Williams, and oh man, I Max can't Williams. remember, but, but it's really a toss-up. Yeah. But, but I mean, but they're, they're, sad. they're
2: pretty locked into the four spot. I mean, they, they've got they're so talented at receivers with uh, what we're going to talk about here. They probably don't need the tight end.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'll, I'll start reverse order for that the uh, Arizona definitely is fourth. Their tar- tight ends were targeted 53 times last year. I didn't get a chance to look up to see if that was the lowest in the NFL, but my god, it must be some close. That it's is the <laughs> bottom. That was 53 times across three tight ends and that was with uh with Charles Clay there. So yeah, it's pretty sad. They have almost zero fantasy relevancy. Like, you, they shouldn't even be being drafted. I mean, the only reason you'd be drafting them is because it's mighty thin at the bottom. And I know in some leagues where it's 14 and 16 team leagues, you're probably forced to draft an Arizona tight end as much as you don't want to. Um, I think Hopkins made it so much harder for a tight end to have any type of relevancy in Arizona. Um, number three for me, I, uh, I went with Seattle, um, Disney emerged, like you said, the injuries were brutal, but Disley emerged early. He was a tight end six or better through weeks two through five before his injury. And, uh, so, I mean, with Greg Olson there too, that that's really good. Like, I think that's a big, that's a big plus, a big bonus for, for Russell Wilson. I think he'll really, love having two tight end sets with a guy like disley who we trust and olsen and even jacob hollister's there in the background like he finishes a tight end 23 um but there's a real chance that like he he could step in if disley gets injured or if olsen gets injured or olsen and his agent they don't want to play him as much um there, there's some opportunity in seattle at the tight end position and disley could easily make us make our heads turn that next year we don't know because like I said tight end six or better for weeks two through five four straight weeks he he was cashing in i think he had no less than 12 fantasy points which is really good from a tight end perspective um number two for me la rams tyler higby he was the tight end eight last season the last five weeks of the year he finished as a tight end seven or better two weeks included included was the tight end number one so I mean there's a ton a ton of potential there so it should be interesting to see him and Jared Goff clearly had a really good connection and maybe hopefully that continues for the people investing in him Um, he was actually number one in red zone receptions among tight ends 28 percent of targets in the red zone he received for the LA Rams so he was a quarter of their targets in the red zone which is really good and and definitely people love red zone targets and people love those people in the red zone because more red zone opportunities equal potentially more tight, more touchdowns. So um, that's something to really look at for Tyler Higby. He he seems to be a red zone favorite for Jared Goff. Um, and then, like you said, Everett, he's flashed a lot of potential and is a really great athlete. He's got tremendous athletic metrics Uh, For the tight end position. So he's a good handcuff for Higby, especially in such a pass heavy offense like the LA Rams. And number one, George Kittle. Flip a coin George Kittle or Travis Kelsey. It's one of those two for best tight end in, in football um so obviously we're not going to really debate this one George Kittle was the only person to have 100 targets on the San Francisco 49ers last year he was the only guy to have a thousand yards on the 49ers last year so from an offensive perspective that offense in San Francisco runs through George Kittle so he's obviously bought easily no doubt number one
0: yeah for sure it's funny that you the last point that you just said there with uh that's actually the 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 point that I have for the 49ers wide receivers is doesn't matter who's there really it's the offense runs through George Kittle. Uh, it's funny you bring that up. Um, interesting fact. I'm not really gonna bring any too much to this tight end group because you guys have already pretty much covered it. I'm just gonna give uh, an interesting fact. Do you know who Sean McVay's first ever draft pick was as a uh, head coach of the of the Rams?
1: Damn, it like like he must this. be one of these tight ends. It was was it Gerald Everett?
0: It was Gerald Everett. He yeah. traded up to get him. That's
1: right.
2: I heard that. Somewhere Gerald Everett was the first
0: that. ever draft pick by Sean McVay. He traded up to get him, and uh, he compared him to Jordan Reed. That's it was right. actually, yeah, nothing really to add to this except for I'll just give the quick ranking. It was 49ers as one, obviously. Ha ha ha. Rams, Rams are number two. I had the Seahawks at three, and uh, let's all laugh again because we didn't know that Max Williams was a Cardinal. Uh, Cardinals as was my number four for uh, tight ends. But, yeah, so I'm not really going to touch on that. Uh, we'll just keep it moving to the wide receivers.
1: This is a much more intriguing position for me in this division because, I mean, honestly, you could make the, the argument there for one, two, three, four, any, any which way you want to put it, I had a really hard time with this division. For, so for yes, receivers. so did I, and I mean, there's so many people who will probably end up listening to this podcast and never listen to it again because we didn't put the 49ers at one. I didn't put the 49ers at one. Um, so let's kick it off with my number one. I picked Arizona. Needless to say, for me, potential equals dynasty steals. And that is what I'm seeing here. DeAndre Hopkins is obviously not that dynasty steal, but you definitely saw the value of Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella take a bit of a nosedive with the DeAndre Hopkins trade. But let's just remember, this is an air raid offense. This offense is going to go to the air more. They will eventually get to be the number one passing offense in the NFL, without a doubt. Um, Crazy enough, they had no 1,000-yard wide receiver last year. Obviously, that's changing this year because DeAndre Hopkins commands a ton of targets and gets a ton of yards and a lot of touchdowns. He was a wide receiver five last year. He's been a top 10 wide receiver in the last four of five years. Um, but let's not forget, like it's not going to run through just one receiver. Let's look at the Dallas scenario They They have three receivers on the last episode. We said it. That'll be a team with three 1,000-yard receivers, and I'm not I'm not prepared to say that Arizona doesn't have that potential either. I love Christian Kirk. I think Christian Kirk's a great great wide receiver. I think he's got a lot of potential. And I think a lot of people got discouraged when they picked up DeAndre Hopkins and said, "Oh, there's my surprise wide receiver one disappearing." I wouldn't completely rule out Christian Kirk and throw him out the window yet. Same with Andy Isabella along the outside. Um he has a lot of potential. Kirk is clearly going to be that slot guy. But Andy Isabella has a lot of potential on the opposite side of DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins is really going to open up that field for these guys. And I think that leaves a lot of potential for these guys. And another guy who got put on the IR last year who we never got to see but who has some amazing athletic athletic metrics is Hakeem Butler. Like, uh, I mean, you they, that could be another massive presence on the outside. He is a big body with some really impressive athletic metrics, and so I mean, I wouldn't just say that DeAndre Hopkins is the only wide receiver to own. Or like, if you're watching Kirk and Isabella fall, or even a Butler, who Butler you can probably get way, way, way down, even undrafted. I'd be grabbing Kirk and Isabella at the cheaper price tag and and seeing what you can get out of them because it's not gonna run through just one wide receiver. Murray will spread the ball. Kingsbury will make sure that ball gets spread. Um, so I mean Hopkins really changed the entire landscape of this team and we kind of we've kind of started to talk about it. Uh, when we talked about the running backs, the tight ends and stuff, that, that he's really changed the landscape and he's gonna be humongous. I think he's gonna be huge for for Kyler Murray. Um. Number two for me goes to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, This was really tough, really tough for me between Seattle and the LA Rams, to be honest. Um, But I had to go with Lockett. I mean, there's a lot of people who talked about Lockett being boomer bust, and they hated his uh, famous disappearing act in the fantasy playoffs. But, I mean, this guy's number two in red zone receptions, number eight in touchdowns, number 11 in fantasy points per target, number five in QB rating when thrown to... The stats are incredible. This guy is a really good wide receiver. And in nine of 16 games last year, he was a wide receiver 25 or better. He's a good wide receiver. It just really sucks that he disappeared in the fantasy playoffs for for people because it really angered a lot of people. I know that. And there's a lot of people who started to lose faith in him for that. DK Metcalf, I really like DK Metcalf. I think he offers a lot. He's a massive body, he's got those crazy athletic metrics. I mean, four of 16 games as a wide receiver, wide receiver 25 or better, and five games as a wide receiver, 50 or worse, he is a boomer bust. He's a guy who he's very touchdown dependent. He was a wide receiver, 40 or better when getting a touchdown. When he wasn't getting a touchdown, he was in that wide receiver, 50 or worse spot. So for me, that's your boomer bust guy. But if he's getting touchdowns, if he can prove a reliable red zone target, for Russell Wilson, then there's a lot of potential there. But, I mean, they, they're they a good wide receiving group. And I think this goes back to the point that Jim was making and the p- point you were making, Mike, about the quarterback and having faith in the quarterback, having trust in the quarterback. And that's where you're going to plant your flag with some of these positions is based on that quarterback. And that's why the LA Rams are number three for me and the San Francisco 49ers are number four. Um, the LA Rams were number six in pass plays per game, so they throw the ball a ton. But what sucks? Jared Goff was in the bottom third of the league in almost every any and all completion percentage categories. Anyways, he was throwing whatever type of formation he was throwing. Out of his completion percentage was bottom third of the league. He was a number three in danger plays and number seven in interceptable passes. He's just not a great quarterback. And I mean, I'm a I'm I'm an Eagles fan. So so I mean, I want not preface this by saying no bias to the Wentz versus Golf debate here. I'll try my best not to. But Golf is just a mediocre quarterback in my eyes, and and that's the issue that that I have with putting the L. A. Rams at number two. Um, I mean, Cup was a top was top 25 in fantasy points per route and per target I number three in red zone receptions where golf was actually at his best for completion percentage and he was number two in touchdown so cooper cup is an interesting one to own there in the slot um despite the arrival of van jefferson and with josh reynolds there and stuff there's a lot of mouths to feed but luckily for them they throw the ball a ton i think it was on average 40 times a game And Woods is great for targets, target share, receptions, and receiving yards. He was a really strong yak guy. He was number two among wide receivers for yards after the catch, but there's no real premium value to him, so if you're paying a premium price for him, you're not going to get premium value out of Woods, but he gets targets, he eats some target share, and he's going to give you the yardage, but he only had two touchdowns last season. And then Josh Reynolds is likely someone who you can steal late and who has a lot of potential on the outside across from Robert Woods. And then, of course, there was the arrival of a guy like Van Jefferson and stuff in the slot as well. Um, So for me, the Rams are a real interesting one, and they could easily be two. Honestly, they could easily bounce up to number one, but it all lands on the shoulders of Jared Goff. Um, And then for me, the 49ers are last, and this speaks mostly to my, my idea of Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't like him as a fantasy quarterback. He doesn't seem to like to throw the ball. He likes to take the safe short passes. And I just don't, that just doesn't scream. I want you, I want your wide receivers. I want the wide receivers that you're throwing to. They, they're going to be forced to be yak machines, which they are drafting as such. They have a guy like Debo Samuel who creates a lot for himself. They have a guy like Brandon Ayuk who creates a lot for himself. They have the potential in guys like Dante Pettis who create for themselves. There's so many. That's what the draft for is to create for themselves because I honestly just don't think that these people, that anybody has faith in, in Jimmy Garoppolo and that's, that's, for me, I wouldn't own Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't own him. I will never own him in fantasy because I don't trust him throwing the ball, and I don't trust that the team trusts him throwing the ball, and I think that became extremely prevalent during the playoff run when he would not throw the ball at all, and it was focused solely around that defense and that running game. That defense, Without that defense, he would have had to throw the ball, and I think we would have seen a whole different Jimmy Garoppolo and not necessarily for the positive.
0: Well, you're not planting your flag on a starting QB that only has
1: six pass attempts in a game? Come on. <laughs> no, no, can't do it. I'm, I'm sorry. Not, not, even though he oh. comes at, comes off the Bill Belichick and, and Tom Brady tree, oh, man, nope, can't do um, it.
0: I was actually looking up some stats for this show, and out of the division, San Francisco is the only one with the run-to-pass ratio that is under 50% for the pass. They're four. They're pretty even, but they're a 49% pass ratio in 2019. And they were the only team in this division that ranked under 50%. Uh, Seattle was not far from that, though. Seattle was not far at all. They but they were they tipped the scales at positive at 51.8. Oh wow! Uh,
2: Pete's gonna have to it, change it, that next year.
0: <laughs> and uh, obviously the the Rams were were abundantly heavy with a 61 uh, percent pass ratio but uh for me and it's funny connor because we seem to be like very much on the same wavelength uh i had a hard time ranking these two as well i'm surprised you anybody would think that we've ever had the 49ers ranked number one for wide receivers when that offense as we've already said Screamly runs through George Kittle and uh, a quarterback who I have a lot of shares of in Superflex as my quarterback for. That's just how I roll. Is uh, Mr. <laughs> Three Step Drop Back Handed Off Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so for me, my wide receivers I had a really hard time. Uh, actually, when I have them ranked one A, one B, but for purposes, but we'll I have to give them a one to two. It's Seattle. I have a uh, one, and the Rams took the, the number two spot for me. You touched on it too, Connor, there with, with people have this bad taste in their mouth with Tyler Lockett being this boomer bus guy, and everyone just assumes DK Metcalf's going to take over uh, the number one spot. Well, guess what he needs to do if he's going to take over that spot? Catch the fucking ball. Last year, Tyler mm-hmm. Lockett had 110 targets. Guess what he did, though? He caught 82, 82 of those balls for 1,057 yards. DK. Yeah, I think Lockett target,
1: Lockett had an incredibly high success rate. He he, he had like well, he has one of the best catching percentages in the league. It's insane for yeah. Tyler Lockett. If
2: ball goes to Lockett. It's generally it's not, yeah going to be a catch.
0: Yeah, like it's not right? Well, even like I I think like one of the best catches of last year was that uh was that end zone. Toe drag in the corner cap. of the end
2: zone. <laughs> yeah, that
0: Nate Burleson toe drag swag there in the in the corner of the end zone on a rope.
2: Um, I, I watched that live and like looking at it, and it was, there's no way. Like, why are we
0: even looking at this? He
2: didn't, he didn't catch the ball, and then they go to, and it's like, are you? Is, he's in.
0: Oh, I couldn't believe that. I remember watching that game too, and I'm like, oh, he's just throwing it away, and I'm like, wait, wait, he he caught that. I was like, oh, I was going nuts. I thought he might have been I'm throwing that all <laughs> <way>. <laughs> Oh, for sure, I think he was. But like, DK Metcalf had a hundred targets, man. Phenomenal opportunity. And yeah, he had 900 yards and seven touchdowns, but he only caught 58 passes. If he would have had um, even like what? 20, 20 more catches, man. Like, Oh, his yardage would go through the roof, but like he needs to be able to catch the ball. Right. So uh, to me, the number one in that, in that offense is still Tyler Lockett. I'm laughing in every draft I'm doing because I seem to have a lot of him. I, Three three uh, wide receivers that seem to be kicked for dead in startup drafts this year seem to be Darius Slayton, Tyler Lockett, Marvin Jones Jr. Those three guys you can grab ridiculously late if you want to stack up on a rookie before. And uh, to me, he's he's the wide receiver one in that offense, and it's because he's crazy efficient. Russell trusts him. He knows that. Uh, if he throws that ball up he's catching it like it, wow 74.5% catch rate last year that's absolutely insane
1: insane I think he got faded so bad because of his disappearing act in fantasy playoffs and that you just can't take so to so much value into that. You can't put so much worth into that. Like a lot of people just get hurt. Oh, my God, I lost two hundred dollars because of this bastard. Um, I'm not picking him up. And t- t- you still have to look at that.
2: He uh, he had one catch in week 16, but he might have got you to the finals because he did go eight for one twenty and a touchdown. Uh, in week 50. Put up 28
0: people.
2: He just didn't do anything in the
0: finals. See, that's my argument for it, right? Like, you got to take the good with the bad, right? Like, you you loved it when he was rolling you into those championship weeks. So, yeah, I'm sorry he pulled a disappearing act on you in know, the championship, but guess what? He won you a little bit of loot. Might not have brought you home the ship, but uh, he definitely You're got you there. <laughs> right? He... He, he got you there right he definitely got you there right might have
1: got so, you your money back so he definitely got you there
0: man it's up to it's up to you to make the optimum lineup but he 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 has the potential to get you there my one uh my number two slash one b is is the rams it's because of bobby trees and uh cooper cup even though i think cooper cup's gonna be gone in twenty twenty one van jefferson probably steps in he's a he's a very underrated rookie that you can be getting in startups right now too. I'd be stashing on your taxi squad. And uh, number three is that air raid right offense with, with Arizona. Four, who uh, I got, I got the 49ers at four, and that's one uh, cabinet It's because that offense does run through George Kittle. Mike, how do you how do you have those wide receivers ranked?
2: Yeah, I'm going to, so I'll, uh, I'll reverse this and we'll go four to one here. And uh, that's going to be a clean sweep at four for San Francisco. Um, and reason being, yeah, I mean, it, this does uh, run through Kittle. He's he's essentially a receiver. Um, so by ranking the receivers, I mean, you, you kind of have to factor that in. Um, I like what Samuel did. I mean, he's he's a very interesting player. And I, I think Shanahan's a great coach. He's going to find a way to get him the ball and get him some pr- production. Um I, I just don't know. He he could he he very well could turn into something and and do it but uh with comparing to the rest of the division um I just want to see it before before I'm gonna give it to him and there's so many talented receivers in this division that uh, I'm just gonna count that as they're really looking at Samuel and maybe um so that's gonna put them at four because I trust everything above them a little more um coming in at three I'm gonna go Arizona here. And this, uh, this, this might make a little bit more sense as we climb the ladder. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in this division. He's possibly the best, you know, one of the best receivers in football. I think most people are or quite commonly, he was everyone's wide receiver one going into last year until Michael Thomas uh, absolutely exploded. Um, so he, he's the one, he's the one in the division. He's a top three receiver in the NFL. Um, I'm a little bit questionable about what Kirk's going to do. And that's more with Larry still there. And uh, Hopkins is going to demand his 150, 160 targets. So I'm I'm really not sure where Kirk and uh, Larry Fitzgerald are going to fit in. Now, maybe when Larry is done and and Kirk can come in there and they can really be that one and two, uh, that's possible. But uh, I want to see a little more. I want to see what happens when Larry finally does call it quits and and see what's going to happen there. Um, moving up at number two. I've got Seattle at two, and this was really tough for me. This is this actually really tough between Arizona, Seattle, and LA uh, on who to put one, two, three. I think they could be any order, and I mean, I wouldn't hate someone's argument for moving San Fran up. Um, but for me, I, I got Seattle at number two, um, and, and kind of the reason for that is, you know, we you guys touched on it. Like, yeah, Lockett disappeared a little bit. He had an interesting year. He had some really big games. He had some, uh, you know, I'm looking at it here. He had a two-point game. Uh, he had a zero in week 13, a four in week 12, uh, six in week 10, but he was really good at the start of the year. And that's kind of as Metcalf came on, but Metcalf was similar. Like which one was it going to be? Was it going to be DK? Was it going to be Lockett? And, uh, that's what puts them in number two for me. I don't think, uh, I don't think they're as consistent as what we, uh, can come to expect now from LA. Now, they, so they're number one, and Brandon Cook's moving on um, and, and getting shipped off there to Houston to replace Hopkins. Um, I, I think that uh, Cup and Woods, they're, they're really consistent players. You know what you're going to get out of them. I think Robert Woods is one of the most underrated receivers in Dynasty right now. Um, he's, he's on my all underrated team as far as uh, him, Lockett, and Jarvis Landry. Um, anything new starting up? I am just loading up on running backs at the start, and then I'm picking those three up in the kind of middle rounds because I am I am thrilled if I'm rolling out Robert Woods, Tyler Walker, and Jarvis Landry every week um, with a couple of stud running backs and a stud tight end, and then whatever's going on at quarterback. Um, so I really like what uh, what consistency that Robert Woods and Cooper Cup can uh, offer, and I do agree Cooper Cup's probably done in L. A. after this year. Um, they're just in such a financial mess I mean everyone was uh, was thrilled about the rams and what was going on there but they're they're in trouble man I, d- I don't know what happened with that salary cap or how they dig themselves out of it but like what are they paying Todd? They, they just straight up handed them 30 million I think to cut them um, so so they're they're just in a salary cap mess down there so I, I can't trust uh trust cup to stay there long-term but for this year and, and no matter where he goes i i think he'll be uh, productive but yeah they get the one spot just on the fact that i think they're going to be more consistent than a metcalf and a Lockett.
0: i really think people that are shitting on Tyler Lockett aren't they're not taking as seriously that leg injury into effect like that almost ended his career definitely so so like you know what I mean? Like these guys are like, Oh yeah, he didn't show up in uh week week fourteen and for me or like you know, week fifteen. Yeah, okay. Well like week ten, he almost lost his fucking leg. So like be glad he's even up there running for, running, sure. running for you. For sure. Right? So like I don't know. And uh, I I love uh I love how you touched on it there and with your all underrated team. Uh, I, I like, it sounds like you kind of draft uh, a little bit like me with the wide receivers, right? You take, well, I take my swings with, with quarterbacks and kind of create a supply and demand. But, uh, after that, uh, i I gladly wait. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's uh, just so much value games. to be
2: had later at the receiver position. It's, uh, it, it's pretty crazy looking at it right now. And I mean, yeah, I think you can go running back, running back, running back for the first three rounds. Uh, throw in a tight end there if you want one of those top guys, and depending on if you're playing super flex, you can start grabbing quarterbacks. But you can start looking at five, six, seven, eight, and looking at Lockett, Landry, Woods, and uh, that's a pretty solid uh, set of three to roll out on a week-to-week basis. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Let's uh, get let's get to probably <laughs> O'Connor's favorite favorite. Uh, position group for for this division his 101 uh jimmy g <laughs> <laughs> yeah no Man, let's talk let's, let's talk about some quarterbacks and uh in the 101s right and uh what else mm-hmm. is better than 101 than getting into that free dynasty league with pro dyno leagues and uh it's getting pretty dangerous that we want you to dm uh, at gold jacket qbs on twitter if you want to dm the word danger russ and uh, that'll give you your chance to get into uh, Pro Dino Leagues. It's pretty crazy, as we talked about in the beginning of the show. And we're going to recap it on the, at the end of the show. All right. Yeah, so if you want to give me a follow at qb's and follow at Pro Dino Leagues and DM me the word Danger Russ for your chance to get into the Pro Dino Leagues crazy, crazy free Dynasty League. All right. Give me a DM. Imagine if it
2: runs like 10, 12 years or something. And you can be like, "Yeah, I played in year one."
1: <laughs> oh man, well, you bet I'm Jim little... will be that guy standing there saying, "I've been here since day one." Well, yeah, yeah, that's why that's why he wants gotta... in. I mean, that's Danny, why he, he pretty wants pretty pretty in so
2: bad. For uh, I'll go find a for to be like for for a prize for last person standing. <laughs> It's oh, yeah. gotta be
1: like a big prize, an epic prize for that last man standing. I've got like ten years to find a partner. We should be good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just get just just uh message Tim Allen for a last man standing cutout and you're you're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So with that, let's let's make our way over to the quarterbacks. And uh Connor, let's let's tell the people who you got at one on one there, Jimmy G.
1: You know, speaking of danger, Russ, uh, I am going to go with Russell Wilson as my number one quarterback. And uh, yeah, no, none of that Jimmy G, none of that Jimmy G one one. <laughs> if anybody wants to take him one on one, go ahead. I will gladly pick behind you. Um. So. uh, Oh, so Russell Wilson was a QB for last year in PPR. Wilson has got to be one of the like pictures of consistency for fantasy quarterbacks and for quarterbacks in the NFL. This man's played every game since 2012. He's played 128 games basically without injury and beyond Patrick Mahomes. I don't think there's any other fantasy quarterback I would trust more because I just, you just, Lamar Jackson, you just don't know. Is he going to be the picture of consistency? Is he going to be that person that you trust? I know he's his mobile quarterback and stuff, but like Russell Wilson, he's been, has finished outside of QB 10 one time, and he was QB 11. And that was in 2016. So he doesn't stray far from that top 10 QBs. And he's always putting up a ton of PPR points or a ton of points in standard leagues because he's a mobile quarterback. He runs the ball. He throws the ball. He can do it all. And and I mean, for me, that, that's what puts him as my number one in this league and one of my favorites to draft in, in fantasy leagues in general. He's a top 10 in all Russian categories last season and in all key pass and production categories. And the team ranked 22nd in pass attempts. So the team ranked in the bottom third of the league in pass attempts, yet he was in the top 10 in all those key pass and production categories. So that just shows the production premium that he brings and the value that he brings as a quarterback. He's, he's, just, he's an incredible fantasy asset to have. So he's one of my favorites, if you couldn't tell um number two for me and this is largely based on a dynasty perspective and because i really like these mobile quarterbacks in fantasy football kyler murray and from the arizona cardinals this is an air raid offense deandre hopkins acquisition is huge it's a second year with his new head coach i think you're just gonna see a lot more of throwing the ball and a lot more of kyler getting comfortable moving out of the pocket and running the ball and creating plays for himself as well um He was a QB7 in PPR last season with 297 points. And if you go on Player Profiler, his best comparable, Russell Wilson. So, I mean, you cannot go wrong in drafting Kyler Murray and putting all all your marbles in with Kyler Murray in this Arizona offense because I think you could see many, many years of Kingsbury and Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and that ball just flying through the air in Arizona. Um, He actually had the number 20 supporting cast last year, so he actually didn't even have that good of a supporting cast around him to be the QB7. Um, and he ranked middle of the pack as far as passing and air yards go with a less than middle in support and supporting cast. So the fact that he finished QB seven shows that there's a ton of potential and a ton to like about Kyler Murray, um, especially from a dynasty perspective, because I think I believe he's only 23 years old. So you're going to get many a years out of Kyler Murray. Um, number three for me the hate continues for Jimmy G because I'm going with Jared Goff and you know what Jimmy uh, Jared Goff's a mediocre real-life quarterback and he's a mediocre at best fantasy quarterback they were number six in pass plays per game number one in attempts was Goff number three in passing yards was Goff yet he somehow managed to finish QB 15 um, his supporting cast was very much lacking. It was ranked number 27, which was worse than even Kyler Murray's supporting cast. But the opportunity was there, and l- unlike maybe a Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott capitalized on the fact that he threw the ball a ton, that they had a ton of pass plays, he had a ton of yards. He capitalized on that. Golf did not, and golf lacks mobility. And for me, in in fantasy, mobility equals a fantasy quarterback to own that is a quarterback I want to own if they can move out of the pocket if they can be comfortable making plays for themselves and they don't just have to take three steps back and throw the ball that's the type of guy I want to own that mobile quarterback and uh usually I usually have my maybe I might end up as my second and my third quarterbacks one of them might be one of those pocket pocket loving guys, but not normally my first. I try and get that mobile guy, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, the likes of those. So that's one thing that I don't like about golf, and that I equally don't like about my number four, San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo actually finished as the QB 14. I actually put in my notes that I hate Jimmy G as a fantasy quarterback. I would not pick him up. I would not draft him. Um, But there's some people who will, and there's some people who do like him and want to continue to give him a chance. Um, He looks afraid to throw out there and he forces his wide receivers to do a lot of the work for themselves, which is not always a bad thing. It's a good thing if you have those receivers, but it's also good to get some air yards. Um, They were 29th in pass plays per game, 27th in attempt distance. Uh, He ranked 25th among QBs who had 200 plus attempts in percentage of yards in the air. So 51% of his passing yards were in the air. 49% were yards after the catch. Um, And he had the number four supporting cast. So he had an incredible supporting cast from that perspective. Um, But, I mean, his completion percentage, his accuracy rating, they're both top 10. He's too safe of a quarterback to be a fantasy relevant quarterback in my eyes. Um, he, he seems to care too much about his accuracy and his completion percentage than trying to make a big play and trying to make things happen. And that's just not someone you want to own as a fantasy quarterback in my eyes. So that's why I got San Francisco at number four.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, I, I feel like we are probably going to be along the same boat here for, uh, for the NFC West. Um for me it's kind of split. Uh you've got you've got one and two, and I think you can put Wilson and Murray uh in either of those positions. I'm I'm leaning Wilson. I think he's got another five years of that top production left. He just takes care of himself and, and works so hard. And you know, maybe I'm biased as a Seattle fan, but I, I really think even around the league that's kind of what everyone sees um he, he's taking care of his body he's always putting the work in uh he's one of those guys who wants to play for a long time so i, I love kyler murray i hate that uh that seattle has to play him twice a year for the next uh 10 to 15 years um but uh I'm, I'm going wilson one for that reason i think uh even in the short term he's going to be the top guy that you can trust and murray's right behind him um moving on i, I have garoppolo three and Goth four but I, I think you can have either of them anywhere um in, in either of those positions, they're you know they're they're just not top dynasty assets, and that's that's not that's not a bias or anything. Like you know we we can all be saying that that we're not fans of them. Those just aren't the guys who want to be starting. Um, Golf had a good year a couple years ago, and and something happened last year where like you mentioned, I mean all the opportunity was there, and it just didn't happen with them um, for for whatever reason. So you know that it, it's not a slight on them. Maybe they're better. Uh, Better NFL quarterbacks than they are fantasy quarterbacks, um, at least serviceable. And and maybe that's the you know they both have those coaches that that are, are really smart and scheme something up and make things work make things work. And they've been to the past two Super Bowls, um, so they're doing something correct. And and they have great defenses. Um, but they're they're just guys you're you're not going to be after in fantasy. They're fine backups. Um, they're probably in that kind of 20 range. Uh, they're they're fine to have as, as your QB two or in Superflex even they're serviceable but uh, yeah I mean that's it
0: it's a pretty clear division for me. It's funny we're we're all pretty consensus here with uh with the QB one being being Russell Wilson he's actually my my quarterback three for for dynasty purposes I'm not the I'm not the one uh, the guys that vaulted Dak up from the is he better than Carson Wentz to all of a sudden he's better than everybody in the league. Uh, He's still behind Russell Wilson for me, and he's actually behind the guy who I call Baby Russ, and that's uh, Kyler Murray. He's uh, he is my number two. Connor, I am so upset with you. Not even not even giving Jimmy G the three, right? Like you hate him that bad? You can't even like you can't just. Like be consensus with the with me and Mike here and just go Seahawks cards 49ers Rams that you hate them that much I can't
1: I can't because the opportunity's there with Jared Goff (laughs) he throws the ball Goff throws the ball a ton and Jimmy G does not throw the ball a ton unless those guys are gonna go out there and create like end up with more yak than he has yards in the air Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be fantasy relevant like look at your Goff look at the attempt <sighs> the opportunity that's there it's yeah. the, the Dak had it it was on a golden platter and I'm not afraid to say Goff it could be there next year look at the weapons he has yeah let's
0: look at Goff let's look at his uh staring stupidly into the defensive line as Sean McVay figures out what kind of scheme and coverage they're in and tells him how to audible out of it and Emotion out of it. He stands there like so stupid looking. But, then, but, he then look, at,
1: fucking... but look at Robert Woods. <laughs> look at Cooper Cup. Look at Tyler Higby. Look at the, the weapons that are there that are producing. And they're not just yards after the catcher. Actually producing as well in the air with with Jared Goff. You know what? The way that he looks at a line stupidly or the way that he play chooses <laughs> to play. If he needs to have him in his earpiece right up until they cut him off. Well, that doesn't matter for me in fantasy. If he can throw the yeah. ball and he's connecting with someone down the field and he's get winning you fantasy weeks, by all means, go ahead. I'd take that over Jimmy Garoppolo, who says, "All right, I don't need to hear this guy anymore. Zone the guy <laughs> out. Go out there, drop three steps back, and then throw it to Kittle five yards away." There's a difference. <laughs>
0: oh man, if you know what, man? Again, uh, I love you for you. you always end up you always end up talking a little bit of reality and. Uh, Bringing, bringing the perspective back into it. This like we talked about last week being uh, how everyone's kind of shitting on Dwayne Haskins, right? But, like, if you can give me the points, I don't care how bad it looks. <laughs> Oh, man. Jameis so Winston, Winston last
1: year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, James, exactly. Jameis Winston last year. on the, on. the If you were watching him, if you were a Tampa fan, you were sitting there and you were hating your life. But if you were a fantasy owner, you were sitting there and you were like, thank you for the championship. Thank you for the championship. Five picks a game and the guy still ends up like a, a QB five or better almost every single week of fantasy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You, you definitely nailed it with that. Uh, I gotta, I gotta sometimes take my emotions out of it when like I, cause I, my hatred for Jared Goff seems to be your hatred for Jimmy G. I hate Jared Goff. I should so hate much. Goff
1: more. Look, the original debate before Dak and Wentz was born was Goff and Wentz. The one and two. Who is oh, yeah. It good? That's
0: right. Now, it I
1: hate golf more, but I don't. But obviously, I got to hate Dak more because I hate the Cowboys way more. But still, for me, I still give golf the benefit of the doubt because they just throw the ball so damn much.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. And I hate like
2: to throw the ball more than I do Shanahan. So I that that's uh, a fair tiebreaker.
0: Mm. I like Bobby Trees, so I guess he might get me with that one. I do like Bobby Trees. But I also like Jalen Hurd, who no one ever really talks about anymore. Mm. Oh Bobby Trees. Bobby Trees it is. All right. You know what? I wanna amend it. I'll amend it. I'll put I'll put I'll put the 49ers at four <laughs> and the Rams
1: at three. <laughs> we have a we have a late substitution.
0: Oh man. I don't know. Card played, I thought
2: it. Was, uh your, your podcast, so I guess we can allow it. Let's see house rules. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> we're doing we're doing on the run. <laughs> on, the run uh, on the run alterations. Yeah, for sure. So if I switch that up, hold on, let me do a retally here. yeah, make sure four.
1: make sure you got it right. I'll Jeez. I'll start with mine. I'll start with mine. So at the, for for me, the end of it, I had Seattle with seven, Arizona with nine, and then San Fran and L.A. tied with 12. So for me in this division, it's all about Seattle and Arizona. San Fran and L.A., if you can get them further in drafts or you can you can get those points, which a lot of some of them are, like Robert Woods, you can get them for a really good ADP price. So there's some of those guys who you can definitely go after, but I'm putting my marbles all in on Seattle right now. And for uh, from a dynasty perspective and kind of with a bit of a broader look, Arizona definitely is someone you want to get lots of shares in. I made some alterations on the fly to my notes here, and I didn't realize we tallied up
2: at the end. So I, I don't have a total tally, but I feel like we kind of fell in the same boat with uh, it seemed like Arizona and Seattle were kind of what everyone liked there aside from the tight end position. And, uh, and aside from the Rams at uh, at receiver making a play, um, and then San Fran, just, I mean, great team, but so questionable on, on their offensive pieces on what it's going to be outside of Kittle. So I don't have a complete tally, but that, that's kind of where I felt like I went with it.
0: We all seem to have the same tally when it comes down to the overall scores. Uh, I want every and all pieces of Seattle offense that I can get my hands on really when it comes down to uh, the quarterbacks and uh, even the running backs, with, like I said, with the opportunity. And, uh, the wide receivers, uh, behind it is, so I have the Seahawks with a six, which is the lowest score. <clears throat> I have the Cardinals. Everyone else is, uh, pretty much up there because I have the, the Rams and the Cardinals actually tied with, with a 10. And then I have the 49ers sitting dead last there with a four, uh, with a 13, <clears throat> uh, the Rams only get that alteration because, uh. Well, they're moving up a spot in that quarterback. <laughs> done, I like Jerry Goff a little more than Jimmy G, uh, which don't tell all my fantasy teams that because I got a lot of Jimmy G as like a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good thing that I hoard the quarterbacks as as per brand, so I can afford to bite the bullet on that Jimmy G one. Oh, <clears throat> uh, but, for, but for fantasy purposes, uh, for me. Uh I for the Rams I only I'm only really interested in their wide receivers. Uh I don't really want to take the gamble with the running backs and and see which one ends up emerging same with same with the 49ers. Uh it's it's Kittle their bust and I'm not really paying the premium if I didn't already own him uh 2 years ago from from taking him as a late round tight end sleeper. Uh I don't own him plain and simple cuz I'm not I'm not trading for the premium in the tight end. And uh, the Cardinals, uh, we'll take your pick with that one. Uh, I'm taking Chase Edmonds cheap. Uh, I will pay the premium for Kyler Murray, but that's because uh, I like quarterbacks, and I figure he's going to be around for at least a good seven years. I think they're going to uh, give him uh, one massive contract extension for sure, uh, maybe two. But I don't really care after you know three, four years, and he's he's definitely going to be doing that for, for a bit. So that that's how I have him ranked and uh i don't know it's been a it's been a definite pleasure shooting the shit
2: yeah thanks thanks for having uh, me guys.
0: that was a blast and uh i've whew, I never ever thought that i would ever in a million years come around the corner to liking jared goff or jimmy g who knows i switched one gj for another gj
1: you're welcome <laughs>
0: Sorry, JG, GJ, dyslexic. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Mike, you want to you wanna plug uh, the Pro Dino Leagues again? Yeah, I mean, we, we chatted about it a little bit,
2: but uh, we, we can talk about it a little bit more here. Uh, once again, thanks for having me on, guys. That was a lot of fun to uh, to run through the NFC West and uh, and chat a little bit about that. So I really appreciate you having me on to talk about it and, uh, and share a little bit about the Pro Dynasty League here. Um, So, yeah, the the simple aspect of it is, I mean, we did get into it, but it's a free dynasty league uh, to join. There are six 2014 leagues, so 144 members total. And uh, essentially the way it works, uh, if you finish at the top of your 2014 league, so uh, everything's getting finalized, but likely what it's going to look like is if you come in the top three in your home 2014 league, uh, the next season, will you play in that home league as well, every week when you set your starting lineup, that lineup gets taken to the Champions League. And there's going to be uh, somewhere around 20 people. All the top teams from all six leagues are going to get together and uh, you're going to play in both leagues. Um, so you, uh, you only have one roster. You only set one lineup. But you get to take that league and you'll play against uh, a different opponent from a separate league on a separate website. It's all going to get uh, kind of taken care of that way. And uh, whoever wins that Champions League in year two, you're, you're the dynasty champion. You're the number one team out of 144 teams. who who competed in this. So that's when we're going to see some really cool prizes. But also uh, the thing that really kind of gave me the idea is, yeah, we're we're playing Dynasty and, yeah, you want to be the best team in your league year after year after year. But uh, this is going to be really cool. Can you do it one year? And then can you go up against 20 of the best teams out of some, you know, out of 144 teams and do it again in year two? And that's uh, I think that's the truest thing we can get to a dynasty aside from, yeah, you you can go and win your 12 team league, uh, you know, three, four years in a row. That's that's impressive as well. But this this is going to be a really unique idea. I'm I'm really excited for year one, but really, really excited for what's going to happen in year two when we get those 20 top teams and and what they're going to do and uh how that's going to make the league work i mean those those teams are really going to be pushing all their chips in to do well in the champions league and uh likewise you'll have those rebuilders because if you don't make your uh make the playoffs for three years in a row you're you're removed from the league we'll find a different gm who can come in and uh, manage it so you might have those people who really in year one and two say i'm going to sell the farm and I'm going to go for it in year three because that's that's my chance to make it, and I can build a team for three years down the road. Uh, so you're really going to have that divide of competitors and rebuilders, and, and I'm excited to see what it's going to be. So uh, give us a follow on there and check uh, check back every day and enter our contest and see if you can win yourself an entry into the Pro Dynasty League. All
0: right. Yeah, so perfect. As always, find me on Twitter at GoldJacketQBs and my co-host, Connor. Tell them where to find you.
1: You can find me at Connor10, T-E-N.
0: Yeah, you got to switch that to perfect 10. You've been dropping some fire on Twitter later, brother.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Tried to try to find the extra time here and there, but, you know, with the baby on the way and stuff, makes things a little tougher. But trying to do my best.
0: Yeah, I hear you. And Mike, tell, tell the people where they can find you again.
2: Yeah, so uh, my my personal account there, you can find me at you got hawk. So that's y o u g o t h a w k. And then uh, what you really wanna wanna find here is uh, is the Pro Dynasty League, and we're on Twitter at Pro League. So p r o d y n o l e a g u e, and uh, definitely give that a follow. And keep an eye out for that entry contest uh, every day. And then uh, what was our code word? Danger Us that they need to uh DM over to Gold Jacket yeah. QBs, right?
0: Yeah, that's right, Danger Us. Danger
2: Us. So give uh give both uh Jim at Gold Jacket QBs and myself at Pro Dino League a follow and DM Danger Us over to Jim and uh we're gonna pick one next week to uh, play in the Pro Dynasty League.
0: Awesome. I had a good time uh talking, talking at see West with you hope have it on again as cool. always yeah thanks guys awesome